It's a beautiful morning. Yeah, I actually went for a little run this morning. That's why I was a bit late. So I'm sorry about that, Rob. Yeah, we've we've been talking about COVID, depression, anxiety. Uh, you know, I found it really useful. I was listening to one last night, actually, and reminding myself of a few things. So again, thank you, Rob, for all that that you've spoken into during this time. On our little chat now, before we, we got going here, I... Uh, uh, we, we you've said we're going to start a new direction, a new theme. So I'm interested to hear what you've what you're thinking. Great, Stu. Hello to you. Well done for the run, by the way. Um, I'll try and do my little jog trot uh, tomorrow, uh, but always a good way to start the morning. Um, and hello to everyone. Um, so yes, a new section, a new focus, and I want us to have a look now at um, fathering. Um, for at least a few sessions in a row. Um, those who know me and know my focuses uh, know that it has become over the recent uh, time uh, a focus of mine, an area that I've looked into quite carefully. And I think it will be good uh, for you and I to look together as dads um, at this topic. What does it mean to be a father? The challenges that come with fathering. And so that's what we're going to be looking at. Um, and I think as well, um, obviously, it, it includes parenting and fathering and mothering work together all the time. There's always things that men and women, fathers and mothers learn from each other, and we'll certainly look at that as well. So hopefully this will be food for thought um, for e or everyone, um, not just for the dads who happen to listen. Um, but Stu, by way of introduction, I think it's fair to say that um, you know over these past while it's been a time of extraordinary pressure um, for everyone um, a time where you know everyone has felt under the pump tired of things wanting you know uh, for for change wanting for for things to to start in a different way and you know uh, getting grumpy with work grumpy with family it's just been a difficult time and you know there's been lots of political upheaval all over the world there's been uh, lots of recrimination and uh, you know accusation of different uh, parts of the population uh, so there's been all sorts of of difficulty and pressure going on and I think it's fair to say that when we as people are under a lot of pressure then there is a tendency to to split or to get um, involved in what's called splitting between good and bad and to look at other people in these kind of categorical ways so to, if you like, become suspicious of one another and to uh, mistrust people's intentions or, or, or motives. And I say this in a general way because I think all of us need to watch that we don't get caught up in that, um, that, that attitude towards other people, towards the world, um, a kind of a suspicion, if you like, looking for dodgy motives in what everyone else is trying to do, um, fighting with each other, uh, trying to find the best argument, the best way of understanding the world, and hating others who look at things differently. Now, I talk this way before going on to talking about fathers, because I find that, um, for me anyway, and for others, um, fathers are often held in this sort of split way. And I want to say as an, at the outset 
that um, for many of us, um, be more than we realize, we're angry with dads. We're angry with the way men behave in family space. And often with good reason. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, men can bring a lot of bad into family space and can hurt uh, women and children. We, we know this. In South Africa, where you and I live, I mean, unfortunately, our track record on fathering is, is really, really bad. I mean, you've got a very high rate of what's called father absence. So dads who simply aren't around, who check out of the parenting responsibilities. And then also, we have very high rates of uh, gender-based violence and violence against women and children uh, perpetrated by men. So <laughs> there is unfortunately a lot that people can point to to say, you know, patriarchy is bad, men are bad. And fathers really, you know, um, shouldn't be trusted all that much. So there's that kind of angle. Then, of course, uh, on the other side of things, there can be a tendency to idealize fathers and to kind of make out that dads are kind of, you know, saviors of families or, you know, that's what being a real man is all about, you know, and it can be something that maybe even is something attractive to very conservative groups who want to shore up, if you like, uh, the man's rightful place, you know at the top of the tree kind of thing. And uh, I mean, I'm smiling as I say these things because it's easy to knock that. But I think when done in excess, it can be, if you like, something that sets the stage for the very kinds of abuses that, you know, so many people have said for so long now need to stop. So there's this kind of split perspective, if you like, on fathering, you know, is it kind of, is it all bad? Or is it all good? Is it sort of idealized? Or is it something now that, you know, is really should be consigned to to past times and then left behind? And I want you and I to look at fathering as being really, I guess, like welcome to the human race, a blend of good and bad. And understanding dads, understanding where fathers are coming from and helping men to understand themselves so that we can um, pitch up and be the best that we can be in family spaces. You and I know that in family spaces we are exposed for being who we are. You can't fake it in family space, you know. We are around each other for just too long and, um, you know, we know each other and men have to confront themselves in this uh, work of being a dad. So I want us, as we look at dads, to, to understand men and to look at their personal and private experiences of, if you like, the sacred task of fathering. I say sacred because I think that when men um, engage with fathering and learn, you know, the, uh, the art of loving in family space, then I think that we do draw closer to God. We do become more the men that, that God has designed us to be. So that's really the idea that um, I have as we look at fathers. Um, and maybe just in going on from there, I want to read uh, from a book that I wrote a year or so ago, um, just around some of my own experiences in, in trying to understand men. And I start off by uh, uh, reading uh, an account given to me by my supervisor who was reading an interview that I'd recently had with one of the dads. And this was his impression. He says, you can see how hard it is for this dad 
The reality of his son challenges his own history, what he knows and what he believes. This really impacts on him. He wants to be a good dad, but he struggles to know what to do with a very powerful belief, the belief that his son should be a success. He tries to somehow rework this belief, to invent a new version of being a dad, but it's difficult. On the one hand, he wants to make his son fit the mold. On the other, he loves his son and doesn't want to hurt him. At that very moment, a deep sense of sadness wells up inside of me. I'm surprised and I say as much. But the feeling stays, even as I make my way back to my car. Looking back, I realize I began this study angry at dads. I realize I wanted to expose them for their thoughtless and often domineering ways. But now I know that underneath my anger lies sadness. These dads love their sons. Despite their frustrating and sometimes careless ways, they love their sons. And I've come to feel an unexpected tenderness towards them. And Stu, I read that really just to say that's what my own parts of awakening looked like um, in terms of understanding dads and really to say to all of us, you know, I think this is the way I hope that we get to, you know, approach everyone that we encounter. Um, and as far as you and I go, it's going to be dads for the next while. It makes me think of a lot of my experiences over the last, let's call it 12 years and the work that I do. You know, we have this unfortunate situation in South Africa where we, we live in one of the highest, well, one of the most unequal societies in the world. For those of that, that have been listening or don't know me, um, I work for a non-profit and we work in, a, in what would be called an underprivileged community. And I just think of one story in the early days before I actually got involved in the work. I was taken in by an amazing elderly man, Baba Nkosi, into the community to basically be introduced to some of the schools. And I arrived at this one school and there was this teacher, it's a preschool, there was a teacher sitting on her on her bum on the floor and the kids were kind of milling around in front of her. And my ignorant, naive, suburban bubble experience and conversations that you know, I've had, I'd had and in, in, in that experience, I looked at this and I thought, oh, what a lazy teacher, you know, just sitting there, not actually doing anything. And the thing that, that, that changed for me was that two years later, the same teacher was the best preschool teacher that we were involved with. She was running the best program in the whole of the community. She told my wife, Sam, uh, the one morning she said you know I'm so excited to get up in the morning now because I now know how to teach the children there's been many stories like that that I've experienced where you think something you assume something of someone <laughs> and then you get to know them and then you hear their story and you understand them and and then you begin to actually care about them and who they really are it's it, to me it sounds a little bit of what you were saying here is that um, we we very quick as humans, and I include myself in this, to judge and to to assume a father or someone is a certain way. And uh, of course, there are things that we we you know you can't just allow to happen and and be. 
I could tell you a number of stories from my experiences in the work where we've had to get involved, social services and others and into situations. But again, you hear the story and you understand why that's going on, <laughs> why that abuse has, has gone on. Doesn't You don't condone it, you don't allow it to continue, but you understand it. And, and I resonate with that story you've just read um, because there is, there's a tenderness inside of me where I feel a great sadness for these dads that I, I come across where they've had they've had the structures around them and the way that they what they've been born into has meant that so much of who they've they don't want to be this person <laughs> but they are and they know they don't know how to how to step out of it um, and I know when we started this this when we started speaking about doing this I felt really strongly that it's one of the most important things that is fathering is is helping fathers kind of figure out how to take steps towards where I think most fathers want to go and that is to be a better father yeah I could say so much about this and uh, maybe maybe for another time but but probably the other thing that to say on it is that I've noted how the young men that I spend most of my time with <laughs> now how they are desperate to be good fathers uh, it's just the how and the structures around them that, that affect them. I don't know if that makes sense, Rob. It does, Stu, and thank you for that. Um, it, that adds a lot of depth um, and broadens uh, nicely uh, the implication of, of what we're saying today. Um, we're saying, I guess, and we're going to be looking at dads, but it applies to all of us, um, that understanding, um, if you like, appreciating the, the story of another um, uh, takes us into their humanity helps us to empathize with where they're at i think it sets us up to walk the road better with that person it helps us to if you like help them better because we understand um, so for me it's a far better route to go um, and if we're looking at helping dads you know best we take a chance just to listen to them first and understand the dilemmas and problems and issues that they face the struggles that they face so there certainly is is that aspect. Well, I mean, it's something that I've become quite passionate about, and that is that, me included, we complain about, you know, the things that are wrong in our world. <laughs> and then we, we think that complaining and that maybe anger and frustration is going to solve them. Well, that's certainly the way we act. Maybe we don't think that, but we act that way. But it actually doesn't. And really what, what does actually begin to solve them is when we actually sort of step into them. <laughs> and really listen and really understand um, and yet it seems like for me anyway it seems like often I forget that that the, that the change comes when we actually move towards the messiness and the and the and the ugliness and the and and trying to understand it first right Stu and I think what we're also saying this morning is that understanding is not the same as condoning so I spoke at the outset around this sort of this the split factor with fathering that dads can bring so much good and so much uh, blessing and so much uh, strength and encouragement into their children's lives and, and and so many dads do do that and then on the other hand so much so often we can hurt our kids and dads do hurt their kids sometimes in appalling ways and so the understanding doesn't imply condoning the bad and you were you know talking about earlier having to call in at times social services or access resources in the in the community to deal with problems that that can't be overlooked 
But nevertheless, what you and I are saying is that there's a humanizing that comes with understanding at least the context of the problem, the context of the person's lived experience, their stories, why they say and do the things they do. And we're going to be walking that line um, in our in our chats going further um, on fathering, understanding where dads are at, looking at the dilemmas and tensions that dads so often have to try and contain, and uh, and looking at ways for for fathers to to find a, a good line out of those di- dilemmas. So, Rob, can I ask you just one final question? What would you say if you were to just I know this this is not simple, but you used to just focus on one thing. What would you say a father should focus on? The one thing. Whilst you, as you said, that is a difficult topic. If I was to pick one thing for a dad to focus on, I would I would think I would say to him, for heaven's sake, don't go it alone, because I really do think that uh, parenting is not meant to be a solo job, and so many of us dads, uh, in when we are battling, when we are struggling, I think because of the shame, because we don't feel good. You were talking about those young men who wish, you know, that they could be good fathers, um, that they could be present fathers. The longing is there, the yearning is there. But so often what happens is that we as men, when we're battling, as we disconnect from ourselves and from others, and I found uh, with the father, the work I've done with dads that when dads get together and share their experiences, uh, there's an enormous fruitfulness in that. Um, so the one thing I'd be saying to us as dads is do your level best not to go it alone. Thanks, Rob. I look forward to, to what comes next.